Greetings, friends. I am glad to have you as fellow travelers as we navigate together the landscape of God's redemptive history. It's November 10th, and this is the One-Year Bible Tour Guide podcast, where each day we read successive portions from both the Old and New Testaments as we make our way through the entire Bible using the popular One-Year Bible reading plan found in the One-Year Bibles, and also you can find the plan on the OneYearBibleOnline.com website. That's OneYearBibleOnline.com. We are in the book of Ezekiel, a prophet whose daunting task was to present both the bad news and the good news of the gospel. The bad news is the truth about sin and its consequences. Sin must be judged. God's wrath must be poured out upon evil. Both the northern and southern kingdoms have been punished for their disobedience. Israel, the northern kingdom, was taken captive by the Assyrians, and Judah, the southern kingdom, was taken captive by the Babylonians. These dispersions were judgments upon their idolatries. We can be grateful that in God's wrath he remembers mercy. We can be thankful for Jesus who stands in the gap for us. God's mercy is the good news. The beauty of a diamond is best displayed against a dark background. Today's passage in Ezekiel in the Old Testament is giving us the dark background against we can appreciate the finished work of Jesus Christ God's mercy, which we read about in the New Testament book of Hebrews. So let us begin with Ezekiel chapter 21, and we will read to the end of chapter 22. The Lord has drawn his sword. Ezekiel chapter 21. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, set your face toward Jerusalem and preach against the sanctuaries. Prophesy against the land of Israel and say to the land of Israel, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am against you, and will draw my sword from its sheath, and will cut off from you both righteous and wicked. Because I will cut off from you both righteous and wicked, therefore my sword shall be drawn from its sheath against all flesh from south to north. And all flesh shall know that I am the Lord. I have drawn my sword from its sheath. It shall not be sheathed again. As for you, son of man, groan with breaking heart and bitter grief, groan before their eyes. And when they say to you, Why do you groan? You shall say, Because of the news that is coming, every heart will melt, and all hands will be feeble, every spirit will faint, and all knees will be weak as water. Behold, it is coming, and it will be fulfilled, declares the Lord God. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy, and say, Thus says the Lord, Say, A sword, a sword is sharpened and also polished, sharpened for slaughter, polished to flash like lightning. Or shall we rejoice? You have despised the rod, my son, with everything of wood. So the sword is given to be polished, that it may be grasped in the hand. It is sharpened and polished to be given into the hand of the slayer. Cry out and wail, son of man, for it is against my people. It is against all the princes of Israel. They are delivered over to the sword with my people. Strike therefore upon your thigh, for it will not be a testing. What could it do if you despised the rod, declares the Lord God? As for you, son of man, prophesy. Clap your hands and let the sword come down twice, yes, three times, the sword for those to be slain. 
it is the sword for the great slaughter which surrounds them, that their hearts may melt and many stumble. At all their gates I have given the glittering sword. Ah, it is made like lightning, it is taken up for slaughter. Cut sharply to the right, set yourself to the left, wherever your face is directed. I also will clap my hands, and I will satisfy my fury. I, the Lord, have spoken. The word of the Lord came to me again. As for you, son of man, mark two ways for the sword of the king of Babylon to come. Both of them shall come from the same land. And make a signpost, make it at the head of the way to a city. Mark a way for the sword to come to Rabbah of the Ammonites and to Judah into Jerusalem, the fortified. For the king of Babylon stands at the parting of the way, at the head of the two ways, to use divination. He shakes the arrows, he consults the teraphim, he looks at the liver. Into his right hand comes the divination for Jerusalem, to set battering rams, to open the mouth with murder, to lift up the voice with shouting, to set battering rams against the gates, to cast up mounds, to build siege towers. But to them it will seem like a false divination. They have sworn solemn oaths, but he brings their guilt to remembrance that they may be taken. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have made your guilt to be remembered, in that your transgressions are uncovered, so that in all your deeds your sins appear, because you have come to remembrance, you shall be taken in hand. And you, O profane wicked one, prince of Israel, whose day has come, the time of your final punishment, thus says the Lord God, remove the turban and take off the crown. Things shall not remain as they are. Exalt that which is low, and bring low that which is exalted. A ruin, ruin, ruin I will make it. This also shall not be, until he comes, the one to whom judgment belongs, and I will give it to him. And you, son of man, prophesy, and say, Thus says the Lord God concerning the Ammonites and concerning their reproach. Say, A sword, a sword is drawn for the slaughter. It is polished to consume and to flash like lightning. While they see for you false visions, while they divine lies for you, to place you on the necks of the profane wicked, whose day has come, the time of their final punishment. Return it to its sheath. In the place where you were created, in the land of your origin, I will judge you. And I will pour out my indignation upon you. I will blow upon you with the fire of my wrath, and I will deliver you into the hands of brutish men, skillful to destroy. You shall be fuel for the fire. Your blood shall be in the midst of the land. You shall be no more remembered, for I the Lord have spoken. Chapter 22 Israel's Shedding of Blood And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, And you, son of man, will you judge, will you judge the bloody city? Then declare to her all her abominations. You shall say, Thus says the Lord God, A city that sheds blood in her midst, so that her time may come, and that makes idols to defile herself. You have become guilty by the blood that you have shed, and defiled by the idols that you have made, and you have brought your days near, the appointed time of your years has come. Therefore I have made you a reproach to the nations, and a mockery to all the countries. Those who are near and those who are far from you will mock you. Your name is defiled, you are full of tumult. Behold, the princes of Israel in you, every one according to his power, 
have been bent on shedding blood. Father and mother are treated with contempt in you. The sojourner suffers extortion in your midst. The fatherless and the widow are wronged in you. You have despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbaths. There are men in you who slander to shed blood, and people in you who eat on the mountains. They commit lewdness in your midst. In you men uncover their father's nakedness. In you they violate women who are unclean in their menstrual impurity. One commits abomination with his neighbor's wife. Another lewdly defiles his daughter-in-law. Another in you violates his sister, his father's daughter. In you they take bribes to shed blood. You take interest and profit and make gain of your neighbors by extortion. But me you have forgotten, declares the Lord God. Behold, I strike my hand at the dishonest gain that you have made and at the blood that has been in your midst. Can your courage endure or can your hands be strong in the days that I shall deal with you? I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. I will scatter you among the nations and disperse you through the countries, and I will consume your uncleanness out of you. And you shall be profaned by your own doing in the sight of the nations, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, the house of Israel has become dross to me. All of them are bronze and tin and iron and lead in the furnace. They are dross of silver. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Because you have all become dross, therefore, behold, I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem. As one gathers silver and bronze and iron and lead and tin into a furnace to blow the fire on it in order to melt it, so I will gather you in my anger and in my wrath, and I will put you in and melt you. I will gather you and blow on you with the fire of my wrath, and you shall be melted in the midst of it. As silver is melted in a furnace, so you shall be melted in the midst of it, and you shall know that I am the Lord. I have poured out my wrath upon you. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, say to her, You are a land that is not cleansed or rained upon in the day of indignation. The conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured human lives. They have taken treasure and precious things. They have made many widows in their midst. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the common. Neither have they taught the difference between the unclean and the clean. And they have disregarded my Sabbaths, so that I am profaned among them. Her princes in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey, shedding blood, destroying lives to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have smeared whitewash for them seeing false visions and divining lies for them, saying, Thus says the Lord God, when the Lord has not spoken. The people of the land have practiced extortion and committed robbery. They have oppressed the poor and needy and have extorted from the sojourner without justice. And I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I have returned their way upon their heads, declares the Lord God. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the Old Testament from the prophet Ezekiel. This prophetic message, the Song of the Sword, 
begins with a prelude in the previous chapter. And the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, set your face toward the south land, preach against the south, and prophesy against the forest land in the Negeb. Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 45 and 46. The name of the Lord had been blasphemed by his own people by their idolatrous behavior, and the time of judgment has come. The central theme of this prophetic message is found in Ezekiel chapter 12, verses 8 through 17, with the image of God's hand using all things as his sharpened, gleaming sword as he executes his purposes upon the earth. He works all things according to the counsel of his will, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. The image of the sword of the Lord is a sobering one. And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy, and say, Thus says the Lord, Say, A sword, a sword is sharpened and also polished, sharpened for slaughter, polished to flash like lightning. Ezekiel chapter 21, verses 8 through 10. Judgment for sin is a prerequisite to blessing. These judgments also prefigure the future time when God will purge the earth in the book of Revelation chapters 17 and 18 in preparation for the rule of the Messiah in Revelation chapters 19 and 20. The picture of the sword being drawn speaks of God being ready to manifest His justice. It is coming. It will surely take place. Lamar Cooper makes an interesting observation in the New American Commentary on the book of Ezekiel. Quote, The phrase, Son of man, set your face against, occurs nine times in the Bible, all in Ezekiel. Each time the phrase is in the context of judgment. Here Ezekiel is commanded to prophesy judgment against Jerusalem. There is a New Testament parallel to the text. In Luke chapter 9, verse 51, the Son of Man, Jesus, set his face to go to Jerusalem. Once in Jerusalem, Jesus prophesied the judgment that would come upon the city with its destruction by the Romans in 70 A.D. In Luke chapters 19, verses 41 through 44, and in Luke chapter 21, verses 20 through 24, we read, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who are inside the city depart, and let not those who are out in the country enter it, for these are the days of vengeance, to fulfill all that is written. Alas, for women who are pregnant, and for those who are nursing infants in those days. For there will be great distress upon the earth, and wrath against this people." They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Sometimes the righteous do suffer because of the sins of the wicked, as we have seen in the history of the spiritual decline of both the northern and the southern kingdoms. The sword may be cut off from you, both the righteous and the wicked. In chapter 21, verse 3. Ezekiel is given further direction to dramatically portray the horror of impending judgment by crying out and wailing while beating his chest as a sign of grief. In chapter 21, verse 13, he was to strike his hands together twice as a sign of anger and let the sword strike three times. In chapter 21, verse 14, referring probably to Nebuchadnezzar's three attacks against Jerusalem. The first attack was in 605 B.C., during the reign of Jehoiakim, the second in 597 B.C., during the reign of Jehoiakim, 
and the third from 588 to 586 BC during the reign of Zedekiah. The third attack would culminate with the destruction of the temple. The Lord himself will strike his hands together in determination to execute judgment until his fury is spent. He puts his sword back in its sheath only when judgment is complete or if he decides to mercifully spare people. The application for us here is to recognize that judgment awaits those who refuse to heed his warnings and calls to repentance. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In Romans chapter 3 verse 23, the wages of sin is death. In Romans chapter 6 verse 23a, the soul that sins will die. In Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 4, the good news is that we can be saved from the wrath of God by turning away from our sinful service to the idol of self and then trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans chapter 6 verse 23b. Ezekiel is given more directions to stage a prophetic message. The king of Babylon is seen as having to make a decision. He stands at a crossroads. Ezekiel would draw a picture, a scenic backdrop to indicate this. Ezekiel is to make a signpost indicating a road permitting Nebuchadnezzar to attack the Ammonites, and another indicating a road permitting him to attack Jerusalem. He will endeavor to decide which road to take by various means of divination, the casting of lots with arrows, consulting idols, and examining the liver. But God is in control and ensures that Nebuchadnezzar takes the road to execute siege warfare upon Jerusalem. God also decrees that the Ammonites return their sword to the scabbard. What does this indicate? God is overseeing the activities of all nations. Kingdoms will rise and fall until the crown comes to whom it belongs. In Ezekiel chapter 21 verse 27, Genesis chapter 49 verse 10. That is the Messiah, Shiloh, he whose it is. The Ammonites, descendants of an immoral encounter of the daughters of Lot with their drunken father, were known for idolatry in 1 Kings chapter 11 verse 7 and 33, cruelty in Amos chapter 1 verse 13, and pride in Zephaniah chapter 2 verses 9 through 10, and were enemies of God's people in Deuteronomy chapter 23 verses 3 and 4, Judges chapter 3 verse 13, 1 Samuel chapter 11 verses 1 through 3, 2 Samuel chapter 10, verses 1 through 4, 2 Kings chapter 24, verse 2, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 3, and verses 7 and 8. Although they participated in God's judgment of Jerusalem, they would be an object of wrath and remembered no more. This is what the Lord says about the world system in rebellion against Him. A ruin, 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 I will make it. This also shall not be until He comes, the one to whom judgment belongs, and I will give it to him. Ezekiel chapter 21, verse 27. Ezekiel chapter 22 reminds us of the need for a wall of righteousness to stand in the gap to protect the city of Jerusalem. But there was no priest, prophet, or people who could hold back God's righteous indignation. In verses 1 through 5, God declares that he knows their sins and therefore will make his people an object of scorn. In chapter 22, verse 4, Israel has become dross to the Lord. In chapter 22, verse 18, the impurities of the nation 
have risen to the top of the molten metal and is to be skimmed off and thrown away. The corruption of the officials, the princes, priests, prophets, and people are listed in chapter 22, verses 23 through 29. One can see the parallel between today's society and the one described here as dross and fit for judgment. Members of government appointed to uphold the pursuit of life and the well-being of its citizens, legalize abortion, promote what is known to be high-risk, destructive practices and policies that undermine the fabric of society. Greed and selfishness undermine any equitable exchange in the free market for trade. A democratic republic is threatened by mob rule. Social division is accelerated by false narratives such as critical race theory and identity politics. Those who can shout the loudest drown out the cries of those who cannot be heard above the din, such as the poor, oppressed, and unborn. The teachers, like the priests of old, appointed to educate, that is, lead people out of ignorance, withhold sacred, valid information, and promote unholy agendas. Ezekiel compares the government officials to wolves attacking and tearing their prey. The prophets, who were to function as the moral and spiritual conscience of the nation, instead of preaching against sin and the reality of judgment, give a whitewashed picture of life as you want it, tickling the ear of the self-indulgent consumer. God has sought for a solitary individual to stand in the gap. Who will stand in the breaches in the wall of righteousness and make a difference by calling nations and individuals to repentance? Abraham interceded for Sodom. Noah, Moses, Deborah, and Daniel also stood in the gap in their generations, pleading for God's mercy so that he would not destroy the people. Because no one could stand in the gap, God would have to pour out His wrath upon His beloved Jerusalem. Aren't you grateful that Jesus stood in the gap for you? We learn how He did this by going to our next stop in our Bible reading tour, the New Testament book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 17. Christ's sacrifice once for all. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshippers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins? But in these sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. When he said above, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. 
But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us, for after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them, after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament passage from the book of Hebrews. The sacrifices offered in the temple worship were a reminder of sins. Jesus sitting at the right hand of the majesty on high is a reminder of what God has done to put away sin. Jesus perfectly finished the work of redemption on behalf of those who would believe on him. He came to do the will of the Father to save his people from their sins. His mission is inscribed on all the pages of Scripture. It is wonderful to be clued in to what Jesus said as he stepped out of eternity into time to take upon himself the sinless humanity of a babe in the womb. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 5 through 7. The writer of Hebrews explained that Jesus had to be born under the law to fulfill the law, the old Mosaic covenant. He did that to establish the new covenant. The blood that was shed to provide full atonement for our sins ratified and inaugurated the new covenant. Now all who believe can enter into this covenant as joint beneficiaries. We can experience the benefits of the indwelling presence of the Lord where the lawgiver becomes the lawkeeper in our hearts. And we can know that our sins and our iniquities are remembered no more. This priest paid our sin debt in full on the cross, crying, It is finished, in John's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 30. The shed blood of the sinless Lamb of God, the evidence of His poured-out life, satisfies God's impeccable sense of justice and makes possible what was promised in the new covenant spoken about by the prophet Jeremiah, that our sins and iniquities God will remember no more. There is a change of house rules, the old house rules of the ceremonial law are put away. The Lord sets aside the first set of rules in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9 to establish the second. We don't need to go find an innocent animal to bring to the temple priest and have him sacrifice it to atone for our sins. We don't need the priest to wash for us, to confess sins for us, to go into the holy place for us, and to pray for us at the altar of incense. Jesus is our intercessor. He is our mediator. He is the bread on the table, the light of the candlestick, lampstand. And He is the one who intercedes for us to the delight of the Father, the altar of incense. He not only entered into the holiest of all as our representative, but He is the holiest of all. His blood secures for us eternal redemption. After completing His work on the cross, we have this anthropomorphic expression that Jesus sat down at the right hand of God. 
This means that, just as God rested on the seventh day with total satisfaction that the work of creation had been completed, God rests in the fact that the work of redemption has been completed. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, we read, By the seventh day God completed His work which He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had done. Jesus completed the work of redemption, totally satisfying His own demands of righteousness, and sat down with an eternal rest. He is the Sabbath. Therefore, there is a change in the house rules regarding keeping the Sabbath. Now the Sabbath keeps us. We enter into His rest. By this will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. Now let's go to our next stop in our Bible reading tour to the book of Psalms, Psalm 108, verses 1 through 13. And reading Psalm 108 will be Peter Healy. Psalm 108, a psalm of David, with God we shall do valiantly. My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make melody with all my being. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, amongst the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great above the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth, that your beloved ones may be delivered. Give salvation by your right hand and answer me. God has promised in his holiness with exaltation, I will divide up Shechem and portion out the valley of Sukkoth. Gilead is mine, Manasseh is mine, Ephraim is my helmet, Judah is my scepter, Moab is my washbasin, upon Edom I cast my shoe, over Philistia I shout in triumph. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Have you not rejected us, O God? You do not go out, O God, with our armies. O grant us help against the foe, for vain is the salvation of man. With God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our foes. Thank you, Peter. This is a wonderful song to sing by faith. It sets our heart in the right direction when we sing it. It awakens our soul at the day's dawn. Perhaps there is a hidden reference to hastening the Lord's return. I awaken the dawn. Is your prayer that the Lord would be exalted today? We are citizens of the dawn, the coming kingdom. We need His help to fulfill our ambassadorship. We need to be delivered from all the delusions and distractions of this age. Let us pray that your beloved may be delivered. Save with your right hand and answer me. Psalm 108, verse 6. There is a need for us to be refreshed in the cycle of repentance if we are to walk in the Spirit and experience victory over our enemies. This psalm closes with these words of hope, Through God we will do valiantly, and it is He who shall tread down our adversaries. Psalm 108, verse 13. And now for our final stop on our Bible reading tour today, we go to the book of Proverbs, 
chapter 27, verse 12. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. We pay the price for our ignorance. It is wise to take precaution when we see the works of the tempter and recognize his evil schemes. This causes us to understand the Apostle Paul's earnest plea, I would not have you ignorant. Romans chapter 1 verse 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 1, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 17. Now let's pray together in the light of what we have learned. Lord, we are grateful that in your wrath you remembered mercy. We thank you for the work of our great high priest. By his perfect offering on our behalf, we stand before you clothed in his righteousness. We come before you with boldness, knowing that by your grace we have legal claim as joint heirs to all that he is. Help us to walk worthy of this high calling and privilege to be called your children. In Jesus' name, amen. We have read some enlightening and spiritually fortifying passages today, and I trust that you have sensed the benefit of them already. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can write us by email, our address being podcast at newlife.org. And if you'd like to receive a written copy of each day's commentary on the one-year Bible reading, you can go to our website and subscribe at newlife.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Tell other people about it. So may God's grace be with you, and may you know the righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Spirit's reign in your heart. Shalom. Shalom.